0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Future Construct podcast. I am your host, Amy Peck. I have one of my favorite people <laughs> and very close friend of mine on the show today. So I'm I, I'm not going to lie. I'm like a tiny bit giddy. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's Cynthia Mahler, <laughs> Cynthia Mahler, who is the head of 3D creative technology, which is maybe the coolest job at Walmart. Uh, and um, really just an amazing person, an amazing friend, uh, a force within our industry of immersive technology and 3D. Uh, Cynthia, I am so excited to have
1: you here today. Well, I'm I'm happy to just see your face and be here and like have dedicated time with you. So you made my day.
0: So, and I also love the fact that we kind of are sort of like matching, like we have the glasses, but you have like the pink that goes with our logo background. Like it's a good. It's a whole thing.
1: Yeah, I had to try to find something with a zipper and a button because I I, I haven't worn something. So for you, I, I have a zipper. Oh good. Yeah. Okay. I, feel, yeah, I feel it's honored. like it might actually like resemble real real clothing.
0: Oh, that's good. See, I'm not even in like I'm not actually wearing pajama pants today. I'm wearing like actual grown-up pants because I'm in the office today. So that's always good news. So <laughs> I you know, you've had a really Amazing career! You, we actually met on a panel, but you speak all over the world. Uh, you know, promoting the technology, uh, but also you know talking about the really interesting things that you've been doing at Walmart. But how did you get into this whole three D and immersive space?
1: Um. So I came up through the ranks in traditional advertising. You know, the veteran of probably a hundred TV commercials. So the idea that anything is possible is just sort of how I did business. You know, um, my ideas were never limited by reality in the first place. So that was my mindset. And photography imagery has always played a role in what I do because it's communication. When I came into Walmart, I was in charge of one of their digitally native brands, Hayneedle Home. And part of my job was to be in charge of this huge photo studio. And I had run studios before, but never home goods, some, never things that were that large. And although some are as big as the male models I worked with, but you know, that's, that's something else, but <laughs> it's like, Oh, you're as big as a couch. Um, how convenient. <laughs> so, so I, I went to Omaha, Nebraska where they were located my first week and went to the studio to meet everybody. And I was standing there, and like the smell of the paint, you know, the sound of the drills and like it it was taking all day to build one two wall living room. And then the set builder was late and nothing could happen. I heard things breaking and it was a dining room thing and only one chair arrived. And I was like, whoa, this cannot, <laughs> no, no. Uh, so it was, I was like, this is, this is crazy. So I just thought, you know, this is the world's biggest retailer and we're not going to get very far if, if this is how much it takes to do one, um, one, one and done image. So when I went back to Silicon Valley to Walmart headquarters on the West coast, I said to leadership, like they're great. And the, the imagery is beautiful, but I think the future is not bigger and bigger studios, but the future is 3D. And so I it began with just a quick, like, education um, to show them, you know, your competition is doing this. Ikea did, did a favor to all of us 25 years ago. And so uh, the way that it works at Walmart is, like, if you have a great idea, and like, no one's standing in your way, but you got to do it. So I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> me. I go. So I just, um, you know, embarked on a search for a vendor uh, started to build advocacy and, you know, get people on board the first leader to actually take a leap 100% into 3D was art.com CEO Frank Barbieri and we owe I owe him everything because that was a printed catalog so zero margin for error, (laughs) like you're holding it this close. And he went 100% 3D from no 3D, and he trusted me, and um, away we went, and it was fantastic success. I cut his, I cut his production budget. Um, it was 10% of what it used to cost, uh, and now we could go anywhere um, and do anything. So that's how I ended up here, and then it's just grown based on that body of work. More and more people within the company want want to do that technology. So that's I our I,
0: guy. I, I love it, and I like your background. You like your team made that.
1: My team made that. And what's cool is uh I work with art directors and stylists who, most of whom have never worked in 3D. And, and it's so fun to watch their minds go racing when I tell them build any set you want. There is no limit. You can go to Aspen, you can put it, you know, slope side, you can do whatever you want, make it as big as you want. And, you know, there's like a moment where they kind of freeze. Because that's never ever happened. And when, and when anything is possible, by the way, it can get tough in the beginning, because yeah. you, know, you, you, you got to rein yourself in. But yeah, my, my team does absolutely beautiful work. And this was a scene for hayneedle.com. And, uh, you know, winter patio, and it's just beautiful. I can smell it and feel the cold. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, and I think that, you know, it, and it's so timely. I mean, you were, you know, visionary, you know, back then when you, when you started and you saw this evolution of 3D coming, um, but now, I mean, boy, has the, uh, has the other shoe dropped. I mean, you know, that company that shall remain nameless that made a very splashy um, change of name you know, and, and now it's sort of metaverse everything, which, which to me is just a little bit too much. Really. It is just, it's our, it's, we're moving off of 2d screens into 3d and it's going to be a very slow evolution. And there's going to be a lot of kind of iterations in between, and we're not going to be getting rid of our laptops. We're not going to be getting rid of our phones. We're not all of a sudden going to be wearing, you know, the magic wayfarers. But the, I think the, the, Benefit was that it was definitely a catalyst for the conversation, and it's also, by the way, put you in the spotlight. Now, I've heard you've kind of become like the go-to resource within the entire
1: company. They're like, "Ooh, if you want to know about metaverse, three D, <laughs> this is who you call." It's, it's it's and I'm so thrilled to do it. But my my presentations, uh, and I don't need to cut you off and let you finish because you always have something good to say.
0: No, 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 that, that was, it was just, I just thought it was, I think it's great that it's like, they're all like, just, just call Cynthia, like, it's just sort of spread like wildfire throughout the company, like, call Cynthia, you know, it's like, better call Saul, better call Cynthia.
1: Well, <laughs> the the presentations that I've started to do, I, ha- I, I built a very small presentation, and then based on initial feedback, I I realized that I needed to take people back to 1995 to really help them understand why now? And then it's not just now, it's been there forever, but to help them understand. And and one of the very basic things is to let them understand that, you know, we had, what does 5G mean, right? So I went all the way back to 1G and I kind of just took them very simply through how technology innovation has to wait for speed to, to catch up. Yeah, um and it's yeah. not just metaverse stuff. I mean back when I started at Yahoo, the entire homepage was 100k. It could not be more than 100k. <laughs> Bless <laughs> David Philo because he's amazing and he but he kept it that way. So lowest common denominator. He's like we have people in the middle of the country on uh, they're not even 288, they're 144 and stuff has to load. So I take them back in time a little bit to how did we get here? Because it is important to remember that it didn't just appear. And then when we, ha- you know, metaverse, metaverse, we're, we're not there yet either. Things are yeah. not connected, but we can, we can start to understand the idea of, of, if you if you talk about it like VR, they get it more, they get yeah. it. And so yeah, I, I the presentations about metaverse 101, really, I realize, you know, they, they become sort of an. In education, in connection speed, and also a look at the role that gaming played, because I look look, like in whatever the '80s, people were multiplayer. This was already happening, interacting with other people in real time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for 20 years. Yeah, so it kind of (laughs) demystifies the whole thing and and puts it where it should be, which is which is a a point in time. Of the type of things that we're building as communication tools, yeah, yeah, that's really well, just kind of make it simple, right? Like,
0: yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I always say I actually have a slide in, in my decks. Uh, that says the metaverse did not just drop from the sky. No. That's what we're talking about right here. Um, and so I actually have something that I want to give to you for the next time you do a presentation. So I'm going to hunt for it, but we're going to take a break right now. And then we're going to come back. And in the meantime, I will find a thing that I want to give you and we'll, we'll we'll share it with everybody.
1: Perfect. <laughs>
0: Hi everybody, welcome back. We are still with Cynthia Mahler. She knows what I'm gonna do right now because I said, I want you to open your, you know, little journey back in time to really explain why now, why 3D, why Metaverse. And I I want, I'm gonna give this to you, which I've just basically just stolen off the the interwebs, but this this is what I think you should open with,
1: right? It's traumatic. Mm-hmm. I
0: know, but it does it like it's very evocative right it brings yeah. memory um it's and then the other thing is is that you know anyone under you know 40 years old isn't going to know <laughs>
1: well, that. well there you know there are with it's funny with technology there are sounds that were um familiar and comfortable that go away like the busy signal yeah no one like no one i i'm you know where, what happened? I liked my busy signal. No, uh, I think my the, phone It's like Hanging up. Yeah. yeah. Hanging up the phone. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, there's, there's sounds that, that go away that are irrelevant after a while. And it's kind of sad. Yeah. But that
0: is like, doesn't that take you back where you're just sitting there and you're just like waiting to connect? Was like,
1: well, the other, the other part of the presentation talks, I mean, people's minds are blown when I, uh, when I talk about, so I did this thing where, you know, it's, it's flipped in the in the beginning. So um, in the beginning, uh, you know, you had a few big players, Yahoo being one of them. So you were forced into a singular destination in order to experience content. You know, you I told people there were no browser tabs until 2002. This is a truth. I didn't think I knew that. Right. So in the beginning, we had to go into these. In through a, We called them portals, funny enough, um, and they were aggregators and we kind of counted on that to be our portal to content. But then as it always flows, we started to want to do things ourselves. So you had I was looking even like MySpace, YouTube was broadcast yourself, right? Like there was a whole move toward, no, no, I want to do it. Um, I think uh, in, in the early 90s, there was only a couple hundred blogs and now there's several million So what's happening now is you have a flip. So if you think about the singular destination and then the forks would be all the individual destinations that you could go to if you wanted, you know, now you've got all that content that's going to come back to a singular portal through which you're going to enter to get the content, which I'm like, oh, my God. And both of those are hardware dependent. It was hardware dependent in 1985 and 1995 and it's going to be hardware dependent now. So that's not, it's not, it's not that simplistic, but it's interesting to me that we, we dovetailed and we went off and did everything ourselves. And now we're like, well, actually, can we all come back together again? And not only that, can you like come with me and be in the room with It's It's very funny. Yeah. So, and yeah, I think you're right. I think it's
0: interesting in, in that, you know, this is going to unlock different ways of working, different types of collaboration, yeah. different types of visualization. And, you know, I think when we talk to, to companies and we say the time is now, we don't mean that the technology is is fully baked yet, but, you know, you, you know you've you positioned Walmart. Walmart is, is plug and play for the metaverse right now. I mean, you've got, you've built, you know, probably hundreds of thousands of assets over the years. You have them ready to go. You have environments. You have an understanding of what some of those interactions might be. And that's really where I think when we say the time is now where maybe it is confusing because it's this blanket statement. Um, but the utility and and why you need to have 3D assets and why you need to be able to move, we need to move from these 3D screens is sort of the, is sort of the key. And I think, you know, uh, you know, here on, on the podcast, we talk a lot very specifically about our overarching topic, which is, you know, how does it impact the AEC industry, but it's all kind of full circle now. And it's, it's not vertical specific. You know, this, this 3d capability mm-hmm. extends all the way from backend, you know, process improvement, data visualization, space visualization design visualization and then goes all the way through you know building life cycle management or the work mm-hmm. that you're doing through e-commerce you know to t- to sort of be front and center with consumers and end users and i think that's what's starting to be interesting and mm-hmm. and you know even the conversation about you know difference between web 1 web 2 and web 3 which then confuses people even more um but you're right like i love the, i love that you in fact i may you may like weirdly hear some of this stuff in future talks. I may I may end up, you know, channeling you in some of my next panel discussion.
1: <laughs> well, um I have in my role, I have to make it not simplistic because people are very intelligent, but I have to simplify it to remove the emotion <laughs> that everyone's got because people are just flipping out because they don't want to be left behind, but they don't know what's going on. And we need people. To create really good content, and they can't do that if they're freaked out and trying to catch up and out of breath. Yeah. So I try to take them back in time and just say, "This is how we got right here," and so it's fine. It's not rockets. It's still you know, it's still not rocket science. You know, I have a friend who's a rocket scientist. I'm like, what? What metaphor do you guys use? <laughs> <Like, laughs> well, we say it's not brain <laughs> they, surgery. They,
0: they say it's not 3D.
1: Yeah. It's not brain surgery. I'm like, okay, well now 3D. I gotta go ask a brain surgeon. So, so the, the, what I'm doing at work, which, which I'm doing because it's going to help everybody is removing, um, you know, you, like the puppy emotion, like, eh, like, you no, know, no, let's calm down so that you can think through strategy to really get some great content going. Cause you can't do that unless you really can just see it simply. And then think of the traditional things like, well, what customer is going to go here what do we need to build for that segment and just the very boring stuff but this this just like the the regular internet was this is a container i don't even know it's a platform we always used to use that word it's a platform yeah. so it's just an empty platform like the space behind you um, so we need people to fill it, and we, it can't just be one percent of us. It it yeah. has to be. I don't mean the one percent. Let's say one point five. It can't. Right. We need everybody who understands how to talk to customers and and create interesting content in real life, or you know the guy that the guy that designs the shelves for the stores. I want to hear what he has to say, not because we're going to create a Walmart, but just what have you learned about how people kind of walk around and look at things, you know, we yeah. need to ask yeah. people. So it, it's a long way around with saying that it, it's really good to have the conversation about what exactly is going on right now and why is everyone talking about it now? And it, it does, Nico would love, it. you know, it does have a lot to do with 5g, but people, yeah. people won't ask you what that means. They yeah, won't no, to, yeah, yeah, you're right. They won't ask. They won't say I don't I don't really understand that. So you just have to go well, here's what it means. And so then they go back and they have simple way of expressing it to other people, which is which is really the secret sauce. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to get lost. When
0: yeah, I, I agree. In, there's something else that I wanted to ask you that I that I find really interesting is that, you know, also hand in hand with uh, you know, metaverse, which is now kind of unlocked all of this interest in you know crypto and NFT and blockchain, and then of course AI behind that. Um, but then another term that we keep hearing about is this creator economy, and you know, putting tools in the hands of people, and it's it's similar to what you're doing in terms of how you're articulating through your company, and and you know, this is this is relevant to. Every company, including the AEC industry, um, that you know you have to build. I mean, the AEC industry is already a three D, you know, vertical, right? Mm-hmm. They already do everything in three D, and yet they're working on these plans and designs, uh, you know, and build phases and engineering in this two D construct, and so it's still going to be many years before we have glasses like this, where you can see everything in 3d more as an overlay. Um, But the other interesting thing that's happening is how, you know, we're trying to make the technology more accessible. You're trying to make the concepts more accessible. Um, We're trying to also, you know, even get into, to people's workflows. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. how, how would you use, 3D to improve what you do on a day-to-day yes. basis. This is not just about consumers, nope. um, but but that's in line with making the technology simpler to understand, but also simpler to, to use. And then the evolution of that is to put these tools in everybody's hands. Mm-hmm. And I can see a, a, a point in time, but I, I'd love to hear you know your thoughts and, and whether this is I you know something that Walmart is, is going to be looking to is how do you engage the consumer in that conversation of 3D like you know i can see a time where you know you ask consumers for their ideas around designs that haven't even been built yet mm-hmm. right because you could do that you could say you know what do you think about this room and people could have very very you know singular experiences with the things that they like but you could start to aggregate all of those interesting opinions and give you know give people some agency
1: yeah um, I'm really committed internally to giving merchants self-determinations and control more control over their content, more control over their shelves, so to speak um, because I, I watch what happens you know even during the holiday and they're they're responsible for for those shelves and it's very stressful. And if I would love to to be able to make sure that they they can access 3D models if they need it, you know, uh, this thing is selling out, this thing is getting bad reviews. let me pull, a model from the library because my whole section, my whole category has been modeled. And I know there's another rug, there's another toy, something. So the very utilitarian um, idea of a shared 3D library, uh, it's it's sort of, you have to have that. You have to be building a shared library of assets um, because that way people will start to see the benefit of having access. They don't have to know how it was built but it's a very easy integration. And that to me is important. So then you can extend that and think, all right, now that we have that set, what can we ask the customer to do with these 3D models? Yeah, We have, you know, true scale AR and, and, and all that, see it in your space. Uh, but I think being able to configure more than one product at a time, and it, it doesn't doesn't have to be a room. I don't even, you, you can, you can put a set of tires on a car and see what they look. I don't know. Um, You can polish the car and see if you like the wax. So being able to give consumers access to a huge library of models for whatever the topic is and letting them spin them around, open them up. And yeah, to your point, maybe we'll want to ask them, you know, do you like this? Is there something, another feature that you wish were here? Yeah. I, I, you know um, those 3d models are everything. Yeah. And the more we have the better. And I do think there's a way to put it in front of customers where they're not like afraid to touch it, but that may happen in the beginning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, in the same way that like none of us would put our you know, names birth dates and social security number and credit cards, you know, you know, into the internet. because we didn't know where it was going. And yeah. now we're just like, sure, we've, we've pretty much given away all of our data.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we should all give, as usual, give customers credit for being really intelligent. And I say that because when I leave work, I am a customer and I would like to think that I'm intelligent when I shop. <laughs> but, I, you know, people will figure it out. They always have figured it out.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned gaming. I think part, you know, part of that evolution is like in some ways, gamification has kind of a bad rap depending on who you talk to. Um, you know, in the enterprise realm, it might feel like it's, it's too light and too fun. But at the end of the day, what we, we want to get to is... We, we want to be able to have whoever the end user is and whatever we want that desired outcome of the experience to be, the more engaging it is, the more we are likely to have that outcome. So if it's engaging for training, they're going to learn more. If it's engaging, uh, you know, in a, a commerce environment, they're much more likely to buy more or at least engage with a product more. And so I think we need to not be afraid of this, the concept of gamification.
1: Well, I, I, I always tell people, I have news for you. Uh, you, you've been gamified since, since day one, you know, in yeah. every coupon, every loyalty program, um, you know, every, um, I mean, even the free breadsticks at Olive Garden love, you know, no. I mean, that's you're being gamified. <laughs> you know. Like, I know come seriously. in, free breadstick. You know, any I have
0: played the breadstick game yes. for like way too long, I think. Yeah, it's
1: once you play that a long time, then you have to go to the um orange theory gamification and get <laughs> <Exactly. your> Peloton, <laughs> whatever. But we um I I think that people, you know, a little bit like how environmentalists, thankfully, the image has changed. Uh, You know, they used to make fun of people that were um, environmentalists, you know, and now I think the gamers have, you know, there's an image in people's heads and South Park had that, you know, Emmy award winning, um, you know, episode. So now that's that's going to change too. So when you say that something is gamified, people won't go, "Oh, not, that's not me. I don't play games." But we—it's already there. I mean, anytime yeah. you go, if you do this, you'll get this. You're gamified. There it is. <laughs> exactly.
0: I like that. I haven't actually. You have you have the decoder right? Like you're able to distill
1: these concepts down. I like it. I have to, because otherwise I won't understand them. It's really just a selfish thing. Like how, you know, I I, quoting Shakespeare and quoting Einstein are like the quickest ways to not get to date number two, but, (laughs) but I do like Einstein has a thing, which is true genius, which I'm not, but true genius is to see a thing in its complexity and express it simply. And you know, he, I think that is really true, which is what all of us who are leaders in this field, we need to keep doing that because we don't want to just talk to ourselves. Um, I love people that are really talented and make me feel like I don't know anything, but then also most of the people with whom I work, we need to be thinking and coming up with ideas together. And so we all have to be on the, speak the same language. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to quote Shakespeare.
0: Okay, because you're worried about not. We, we will invite you back on the program. despite yeah, just, despite, just, despite the despite the uh, the Einstein reference, we would love to have you back. <laughs> <I'm
1: just> like, <laughs> I already feel really icky about it.
0: You're still no. you're still my friend. You're still okay, my good. friend. No, this is like a judgment free zone. Okay, but no more breadsticks, though. Really, because no, like, no, no, no. I think we've had enough. No. <laughs> well, I I don't want this to end, so we are going to have to have you back at some point. But before I let you go. I do want to ask you the question that I ask everyone, which is that if you could project yourself 20, 25 years into the future, you could have any product or service that would just make you personally really happy, what would it be and what would it do?
1: I am always fascinated by, I watched way too much true crime, but I'm fascinated by people that go missing. Because you know, you think about the image of Earth from the moon that they took and you're like, everyone that ever existed is there. So where are so what what I would love is to have a way that no one ever I know it's like trite, but where are all the people that are missing? I would like, like to have you know
0: where they are. They're with all the socks.
1: Yes, they're all wearing one sock. When we find yeah. them, they will have one sock on. No, but like some sort of not a you know the the, the image of the metal detector guy at the beach. I wish that I would like something where nobody ever went missing. If someone like such and such is missing, we'd be like use this thing, and they won't be missing. I, I don't know. It's You'll just one out. of yeah. those things. I like that. That's got great utility. Yeah. Well, and the other day I went to the frozen yogurt place and as a vegan, I was just more like window shopping and they had vegan frozen yogurt. So if that could come with me with sprinkles, I feel like that's an amazing technology. I don't know how they did it. That's a, that's That's a total Missing people and frozen yogurt.
0: That could be like the new, you know, not wanting to know how the sausage is made. It's like, we don't, you don't want to know how the vegan yogurt is made. I don't. But it's, if it's delicious, it's all fine.
1: Yeah. Right. So, so no more missing people. That's my thing.
0: I think that's good. Well, I think if we can all get onto Elon's satellite and just get him to build, you know, kind of a high powered people finder up there, you know, cause it's like, that's one of those things where you would just make a suggestion to Elon and then suddenly he's got a new, um, I don't know if it could be better than the, the name of the boring company, which I think is just genius. Um, but yeah yeah i mean he's very likely to to now you know as soon as as soon as he hears this he's going to do it
1: well that i mean you know he's he's someone that is really good at mulling things over and coming up with solutions and he's not yeah. afraid to just go okay we're going to try that i mean come on yeah yeah i mean what kind of like, like, like
0: it's sort of like yeah you're making fun of me on twitter so i'm just going to buy you <laughs> yeah
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that's i'm not at that level I kind of aspire to that level of power, though. It's, it's, it's pretty. Like, it's pretty funny, you know. And I know you've been in Silicon Valley for a while. It it often does come down to the people behind it, one or two people behind the scenes who are competing about something. Yeah. And I and, um, oh, yeah. you know that with with Yahoo and with with Google in the early days, it was it was about those four guys. Everything. Yeah. Oh happened. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's oh yeah. I'm not telling secrets. It's just amazing. To but me. that's a, so, but
0: that's you know but that's a, that's okay because you know sometimes dissension drives, you know, progress. So, yes. So we don't, we don't care how we get to the future. We just want to get there in a positive and meaningful way. Yes. And you're helping us with one 3d asset at a time. So I appreciate that.
1: (laughs) That is a great, that is actually what I do. That's my byline. There's my title. (laughs) Making the world a better place. One hard to scale that, but that is basically how it's happening.
0: You know, I think it's good. I think it's good. Well, thank you for wearing uh, grown up clothes just as I did for you. Look, I've got a blazer, I'm like all professional. That's today.
1: next. That's very advanced. I'll do the, the collar blazer thing next. The thing. Okay. Buttons. That's perfect. Yeah. I know where you could probably buy one of those. There's
0: a really good retailer that has all kinds of cool stuff you could buy.
1: Yeah. I know.
0: <laughs> all right. So fantastic to see you. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: I love it. I'll see you soon, hopefully. Indeed, you will. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much. Bye.